When words take wing, they modulate into song. That's what they do here in Hazinu, as Moses, with the angel of death already in sight, prepares to take leave of this life. Never before has he spoken with such passion. His language is vivid, even violent. He wants his final words never to be forgotten. In a sense, he's been articulating this truth for 40 years, but never before with such emotion. This is what he says. Hazinu HaShemayim V'adaber, I'll give ear, O heavens, that I may speak. Earth, hear the sayings of my mouth. Hatsur tamim palo. The rock, his acts are perfect, for all his ways are just. A faithful God without wrong. Right and straight is he. He is not corrupt. The defect is in his children, a warped and twisted generation. What God is, what Moses is saying is don't blame God when things go wrong. That's what he feels so passionately. Don't believe, he says, that God is there to serve us. We are here to serve him and through him be a blessing to the world. God is straight. It's we who are complex and self-deceiving. God isn't there to relieve us of responsibility. It's God who is calling us to responsibility. With these words, Moses brings to closure the drama that began in the beginning with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. When they sinned, Adam blamed the woman, the woman blamed the serpent. So it was in the beginning, and so it still is in the 21st century secular time. The story of humanity has been, for the most part, a flight from responsibility. The culprits change, only the sense of victimhood remains. It wasn't us. It was the politicians, or the media, or the bankers, or our genes, or our parents, or the system, be it capitalism, communism, or anything between. Most of all, it's the fault of the others, the ones not like us, the infidels, the sons of Satan, the children of darkness, the unredeemed. The perpetrators of the greatest crime against humanity in all of history were convinced it wasn't them. They said at the Nuremberg trials they were only obeying orders. And when all else fails blame God. And if you don't believe in God, blame the people who do. To be human is to seek to escape from responsibility. And that is what makes Judaism different. Is what made some people admire Jews and others hate them because Judaism is God's call to responsibility. From this call you can't hide as Adam and Eve discovered when they tried and you can't escape as Jonah learned in the belly of a fish. What Moses was saying in his great farewell song can be paraphrased thus. Beloved people, I have led you for 40 years and my time is coming to an end. For the last month since I began these speeches, these devarim, I have tried to tell you the most important things about your past and future. I beg you not to forget them. Your parents were slaves. God brought them and you to freedom. But that was negative freedom, chofesh. It meant that there was no one to order you about that kind of freedom is important. Its absence tastes like unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Eat them once a year so that you never forget where you came from and who brought you out. But don't think that chofesh alone can sustain a free society. When everyone's free to do what they like, the result is anarchy, not freedom. A free society requires chirut, the positive freedom that only comes when people internalize the habits of self-restraint so that my freedom is not brought or bought at the expense of yours, and yours is not bought at the cost of mine. 
That's why I've taught you all these laws, judgments, and statutes. None of them is arbitrary. None of them exist because God likes giving laws. God gave laws to the very structures of matter, laws that generated a vast, wondrous, almost unfathomable universe. If God were only interested in giving laws, he would have confined himself to the things that obey those laws, namely matter without mind and life forms that know no liberty. The laws that God gave me and I gave you, says Moses, exist not for God's sake but for ours. God gave us freedom, the most rare, precious, unfathomable thing of all other than life itself. But with freedom comes responsibility. That means that we must take the risk of action. God gave us the land, but we must conquer it. God gave us the fields, but we must plow, sow, and reap them. God gave us bodies, but we must tend and heal them. God is our Father. He made us and established us. But parents cannot live their children's lives. They can only show them by instruction and love how to live. So when things go wrong, don't believe God. He is not corrupt. We are. He is straight. It's we who are sometimes warped and twisted. That is the terror's ethic of responsibility. No higher estimate has ever been given of the human condition and no higher vocation was ever entrusted to mortal creatures of flesh and blood. Judaism doesn't see human beings, as some religions do, as irretrievably corrupt, stained by original sin, incapable of doing God good without God's grace. That's a form of faith, but it isn't ours. Nor do we see religion as a matter of blind submission to God's will. That, too, is a form of faith, but it isn't ours. We don't see human beings, as the pagans did, as playthings of the capricious gods, nor do we see them as some scientists do today as mere matter, a gene's way of making another gene, a collection of chemicals driven by electrical impulses in the brain with no special dignity or sanctity, temporary residence in the universe devoid of meaning that came into existence for no reason and will one day equally for no reason cease to be. We believe that we a God's image, free as he is free, creative as he is creative, on an infinitely smaller and more limited scale to be sure, but still we are the one point in all the echoing expanse of space where the universe becomes conscious of itself, the one life form capable of shaping its own destiny, choosing, therefore free, therefore responsible. Judaism is God's call to responsibility, which means Thou shalt not see thyself as a victim. Don't believe, as the Greeks did, that fate is blind and inexorable, that our fate, once disclosed by the Delphic Oracle, has already been sealed before we were born, like that of Laius and Oedipus, and however we try to escape, we are always bound by the bonds of fate. That is a tragic view of the human condition. To some extent, it was shared in different ways by Spinoza, Marx, and Freud, the great triumvirate of Jews by descent who rejected Judaism and all its works. Instead, like Viktor Frankl, survivor of Auschwitz, and Aaron T. Beck, co-founder of Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, we believe that we are not defined by what happens to us, but rather by how we respond to what happens to us. And that in itself is determined by how we interpret what happens to us. So that if we change the way we think, then we can change the way we feel and the way we act. Fate is never final. There may be such a thing as evil decree, as an evil decree. But penitence, prayer, and charity 
Ma'avirin et Rahagzera can avert the evil decree. And what we cannot do alone, we can do together. Because we believe, Loto veyota dam lavado, it is not good for us to be alone. So Jews developed a morality of guilt in place of what the Greeks had, a morality of shame. A morality of guilt makes a sharp distinction between the person and the act, between the sinner and the sin. Because we're not wholly defined by what we do, there is a core within us that remains intact. My God, the soul you gave me is pure. So that whatever wrong we may have done, we can repent and be forgiven. That creates a language of hope, the only force strong enough to defeat a culture of despair. It's that power of hope, born wherever God's love and forgiveness gives rise to human freedom and responsibility, that has made Judaism the moral force it's always been to those whose minds and hearts are open. But that hope, says Moses, with a passion that still sears us every time we read it afresh, that hope doesn't just happen. It has to be worked for and won. And the only way we achieve it is by not blaming God. He is not corrupt. The defect is in us, his children. If we seek a better world, we must make it. God teaches us, inspires us, forgives us when we fail, lifts us when we fall, but we must make it. It's not what God does for us that transforms us. It is what we do for God. The first humans lost paradise when they sought to hide from responsibility. We will only ever regain it if we accept responsibility and become a nation of leaders, each respecting and making space for those not like us. People don't like people who remind them of their responsibility, and that may be one of the reasons for Judeophobia or anti-Semitism throughout the ages. But we are not defined by the people who don't like us. To be a Jew is to be defined by the one who loves us. The deepest mystery of all is not our faith in God, but God's faith in us. May thus that faith sustain us as we heal the call, heed the call to responsibility and take the risk of healing some of the needless wounds of an injured but still wondrous world. <laughs>